All right, well, you boys ready? Yep. Might as well dive into the uh, the meat and potatoes of the show. Um, so, yeah, guys, welcome to, uh, I don't even know what episode this is, episode six, seven of the Life Short uh-huh. Live Free podcast, season one. Um, we got a, a guest in studio today, Blair Morgan. How are you doing today, man? Thanks for being on the show. Thank you for having me. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So, um, then of course we got the regulars, myself, Sam, and sitting across from me, uh, my little brother, Box. Um, Blair, I don't know if I told you we call him Box. I was getting the gist of that. Uh, okay. Yeah. That's why do you always got to call me your little brother? I'm not like 14, dude. <laughs> you're right. You're right. No, you're right. I'm almost a middle-aged man at this point, <laughs> And you're like, oh, that's my little brother. Uh, you'll just, I don't know. You'll always be my little brother. That's God just... damn. Okay. I'll, I'll try. I'll try to start referring to you. Everybody with... does that. Pete does that. Emmy does that. Uh, I don't get it. Uh, sorry. At least I don't like, you know, walk up to you and like ruffle your hair or something like that, you know? <laughs> I would probably murder you and not hang out with you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I I get that, I get that. Um, but Blair, you have your your own business. Um, why don't you kind of tell us what exactly it is you do, and just kind of the overall gist of your business? Yeah, so I started out just detailing cars, doing basic stuff, and started wanting to grow and progress so i started ceramic coating cars and got certified in that then took it a step farther and wanted to do pdr which is paintless dent repair so i went Mm -hmm. to school for two weeks for that and then i added that to my business also that that was something uh box and i both worked in the auto body for years and years and that was always something i was impressed by like the pdr guys would come to the shop and just pick out a dent like me, I'm just like, give me a freaking hammer and, you know, wallop away on this dent. Yeah. <laughs> Sling some Bondo on it, you know, and call it good. So I was always impressed by the the preciseness, I guess, of the, of the PDR guys. Was that, I mean, that's something that, you know, you're going to learn for a long, long time. But, I mean, getting into it, was that something that was pretty difficult to, to I, learn? I would say the first week of it was hard because you got to find your tool and find your panel. Like right where you think you are, you're probably not even at. So it's hard to determine where you're actually at with your tool. Right. And then learning, you know, how hard to push or where to push is extremely hard. I bet. I bet. I could. I could totally see that. It'd be hard to learn how to gauge. And so, how do you do that? Like, if if you're behind a panel, do you just kind of how do you how do you know where you're at? Is there a way you can like press a little bit that shows you on the panel without denting the panel? Yeah, so obviously you've probably seen them have their light or whatever while they're working, right. and you just slightly graze the panel with your tool, and it'll it'll show like an indentation of where your tool's moving at. And that's when you know where you're at. Okay, okay, yeah, I've always I've always found that interesting. What um what system do you use for the ceramic coating? Um, I use System X. Okay, the brand. Yeah, they uh, obviously you know I do Cerakoting, um, but Cerakote actually they have a line of of ceramic coating now I guess too. Do they? Yeah, I haven't I haven't obviously tried it out or anything, but that's something else they're getting into, which I found interesting. But um, anyway, lately I've been this has kind of been on my brain. I've been watching just random ass movies lately, and I and I ran across some like uh, the other day. I watched Fight Club again; just a freaking awesome movie. It's actually one of my favorite movies. I love that movie. Um, but then I I mean, you guys know how it starts out. The guy is just you know, have you you've seen it? I assume. Yeah. 
he, the guy is just kind of like a drone going to his work, his job every day. And, and that's what he refers to himself as just a, a drone just cause you know, he's just in this rhythm, goes to work, slaves away for somebody else, comes home and then buys, buys shit, you know, just consumer. He called them the, the consumerism or whatever. Um, but then like I got to real, I got to thinking about it and there's so many movies that start off exactly like that, like fight club, um, a few others that I thought about were um, Office Space. Have you seen Office Space? I don't think so. Dude, put that on your list of shit to watch. That is an absolute must must watch. I love that freaking movie. Um, Office Space is definitely one of those. Um, Wanted. I don't know if you guys have seen that one with Angelina Jolie. That one is kind of the guy starts off that way. Uh, another one I thought of was kind of The Cable Guy. Have you seen The Cable Guy with Jim Carrey? Yeah. I, I'm, I think like that starts off that way. That guy, um, not The Cable Guy, but um, the guy that he's obsessed with is just kind of in a... Anyway, where I'm going with this is like that's such a norm in American society right now is like you just go to a job that you hate and you put in your nine to five and you get paid and then you're basically, you're essentially living for the weekend. You know, you're living for that paycheck and living for the weekend and essentially hate your life for, you know, the rest of the rest of your life. And to me, that just seems I I mean, I did it for a lot of years. But now that I'm on the other side of that, it just seems freaking crazy. Yeah. And I mean, is that something I know that you started your business when you were pretty young? But is that something that you, that you dealt with at all? I mean, did you ever, did you have like a nine to five job for a while, I assume? Yeah. So like <clears throat> before college, I was working at Woodhouse uh, dealership, you know, oh, okay. I was their head detailer there and I was their photographer. Oh. So I worked there obviously from like one to eight o'clock at night. Okay. And then during my off time at college, I was working there every day. And then when I dropped out of college, I was working there every day. Okay, so yeah, you know, you know, it's like yeah, I got pretty old pretty fast, and you know, I moved my way up into that company only to where I thought I could be, and then I was capped out. Right, couldn't do anything more. So yeah, yeah, and did is that something that like, I mean, one of the biggest things for me now is is not so much the money aspect of it, but just like when you're done at the end of the day, you get like I call it just fulfillment a little bit, you know. You you look back at what you accomplished that day in your own business, and like you get some for some for fulfillment. But I I don't talk very well. You'll figure that out during the <laughs> during the course of the podcast. Um, but is that something you ever got from your your nine to five job? There was days where you know I felt I accomplished a lot of stuff because I was a go getter, so I was always doing stuff. Right. But there's also people that work everywhere that try just doing the bare minimum to get by and it's tough working with people like that oh yeah so that's one thing i had a lot of issues with working for somebody else or for a business right box i think uh you probably identify with that uh, no not at all <laughs> i love working with people <laughs> did you work with guys that just did the bare ass is that yeah i think i remember you course, talking about yes. that shit that's like all my job was right did you ever feel like that did you ever enjoy your job that much or was it just like a nine to five slave thing that you felt? There may have been certain moments where I was like, oh yeah, I'm pretty happy with my job. But then I'd go in the next day and be like, Fuck, I, I don't, I don't like this. Right. <laughs> Not a little bit. Right. Yeah. The one thing I will say though, the one thing I miss about a nine to five job is the feeling 
you get at five o'clock or especially five o'clock on a Friday because you can check out and put all that shit in the back of your brain. You don't got to think about it again until Monday morning. Yeah. That was the freaking best, man. A steady paycheck was nice too. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. for sure. That was, that was pretty nice too. Um, as, as those are the only two things you miss about nine to five, you think? Yeah. I mean, I'm in the part of my business where like, I'm never worried about work. So like when I first started, it was a little scary knowing, you know, if I was always going to have work, but now mm-hmm. I'm at the point where it's just, it's always there. Right. But I would say I miss a normal steady paycheck going into my account biweekly. Mm-hmm. Other than that, I mean, I maybe miss the guaranteed days off, but yeah, that was nice too. Yeah, because I'm sure you. I mean, do you take like do you take Sundays completely off, or do you work a lot of times? I mostly take Sundays off unless good. it's like some big job. Right. Yeah. Good for you. I try to as I try to as well. I try to take Saturdays off, like at least the afternoons, but yeah, that don't always freaking work. Mm-hmm. And I do one thing. The other thing I do love about weekends. Is going into the shop on a Saturday or Sunday when you don't have like set stuff that you have to get done. You can just do the piddly shit around the shop that oh, yeah. you want to do. And it's like the other day I was in, or of course I work behind my, my building is behind my house. So, you know, I was out there in sweatpants and ugh, I just freaking love that. Yeah. I love that stuff, that part of it. But, um, so you were going to college. What were you going to college for? Uh, instrumentation and controls. Would that be what, um, That's what Adam, Adam does. does? Yeah. How come you started going to school for that? Um, There was like a college fair deal. So I went to that and they started talking about it and the need for it was pretty high. Mm-hmm. And it was pretty like mechanically inclined. So you, you need to know your stuff. And there was a lot of troubleshooting with that, which I thought I would be able to do because it wasn't, it wouldn't be a repetitive thing to do everything every day. Right. Which is something that I was really looking for not to be doing is something day in day out like a factory job yeah so i looked into that and i thought it would be fitting for me at the time mm-hmm. so i went to college for just over a year and then that's when i decided it just wasn't for me so okay okay so did you um, when you dropped out um did you like drop out right in the middle of school or did you finish the year um so i had <clears throat> technically my one year done but they had a summer class and i got halfway through the summer where they were transitioning into the second part of summer. And that's when I decided that I wanted to be done. Okay. Yeah. I was kind of the same way when I, I went to school for uh, auto mechanics to start off with. And I did a year of that, two years of that actually. And then I just kind of realized I don't love this. You know, it's just not really the biggest thing was like the newer cars anymore. Like I love the older shit. Like that was my jam. That's kind of why I got into it. But the newer stuff, shit, you know how it is. Everything's freaking jam-packed in there. There's like 40 million things. If you need oh, yeah. to change out like, you know, a freaking alternator or whatever, sometimes you got to take so much shit off and get your arms. I just didn't like that part of it. Yeah. So then I switched and actually went to, to auto body. Um, but did you feel like when you were in high school, um, did you feel like going to college was something that you had to do? Like society was kind of telling you, well, this is just what you do now. Society wise and like how the school pushed for it. Yeah. Like that was the only thing that you could do if you wanted to be successful. Right. And which I, I saw the other side of that, which obviously it wasn't true, but it's pretty sad that, um, 
schools and parents don't push for like success in general. They just want to push for college and that's yep. how they think you're going to be successful. Mm -hmm. I don't think that's true at all. I would a hundred percent agree with that because there's not a school out there that's pushing for business owners or showing people how to run a business. There's none of that. No, no. Even in high school, I think we had a business class. I don't think I took it. Yeah, the business class was pretty much teaching you like finances, how to write a checkbook and balance a checkbook. Had nothing to do with actually, you know, running a business. Yeah, none of that. Right. And that's not, that's something too that pissed me off. I was in college for three years and I never, like, I could, I guess I could have, you know, seek that out a little bit, but, um, there was never a business class or that told me how to fucking do anything. Yeah. Like, I remember getting started in business, like, literally, researching every single thing I had to do. I didn't know I had to have, you know, this license and that license and do this and all this shit and file quarterly sales taxes and all this shit. Like I didn't have a clue because they didn't, they didn't teach us any of that. No, that, it, that's kind of ridiculous. It's pretty sad that like a business class is technically a finance class is how I saw it. Right. Yeah. That makes sense. Box, did you take any of those classes or anything? In God, no. I did the bare minimum in school, man. <laughs> <laughs> when did you, did you go to college right out of high school? No, no you moved down to I Kansas City with Kansas me, City. right? Yeah, I made that mistake. Hey, that was life experience, Box. Yeah. He moved in with me like the day he graduated. It I was, was living in Kansas City, and the day he graduated, he left to go to Kansas City and live with me. And then you were going to go to JMAC community. Was it? Yeah. J was it JMAC? Yeah, Is that I was going to go called? there for a cab. Huh. Just think if you would have done that, how different your life would have been. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe you, you could have been just like Johnson. Johnson. I don't know. I think I, I would have ended up getting sick of that, too. Really? Probably, yeah. So did you, I would have still been working for somebody, and that's not what I'm about. Right. Yeah. I was kind of always that same way. Like I remember, I remember um, when I was in Kansas City, I was working for someone, um, and he even told me I was working at a restoration place. We did like Mustangs and you know Cop Camaros and old cars and shit. And I remember he told me one time that the boss, he's like, "You're you're you're not an Indian. You're a chief." just because he saw my mentality and the way that, you know, that I like to, to have things around the shop. But I think, I think some people are just destined for that. Like I am not anymore. I'm not a person that I, I couldn't go back to working for someone oh, yeah. anymore. I mean, you've like, say if something horrible happened, you don't have your business anymore. Could you go back and, and work a nine to five or would you just like start over and start another business? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I could probably go back to a nine to five, but it'd have to be something where I could truly like doing everything. Right. Right. And even in my last job, I was like, I mean, there was times when the, the body shop owner, he'd just leave for two weeks at a time because I, he knew that I could handle everything. I'd just freaking run the shop, you know? Yeah. Um, damn, those employees are so freaking hard to find though. Like I'm like I'm at the point right now in my business where it's like I'm busting my ass trying to keep up with stuff and I need an employee. Yeah. But I like how do you find someone that's going to have the biggest thing is like I'm super anal about shit. I know you are. Boxes as well. Like how are you going to find someone that that you know is as anal about your shit as you are and cares about your business as much as you do, you know? It's just 
Yeah, it's hard. It's, it's not going to happen. It freaking sucks. Um, so when you dropped out, did you have people telling you that you were nuts and that, you know, what the hell are you doing? You ain't never going to make it. Did you did you hear that from anybody? Oh, yeah. I mean, the day I came home from signing papers that I dropped out, I mean, my dad told me I wasn't going to do anything in life, and he gave me two weeks to move out. So Really? Yeah. Damn. That's uh, that's rough. So did you have anybody... Did you knew, know what you were going to do when you dropped out? Like, did you have a plan, or you were just like, this isn't for me, I'm, I'm out for now? Um, I, I want to say I had a plan right away, but I knew that I wanted to have my own business detailing. I just didn't know how long it would take before I would initially do it. So. Right. So why why detailing? Is there is, is is that just something that you've enjoyed? So Yeah, it was always pretty much a side hustle since I was like 16 when I got my first car. It was always just something I did for friends and family and just became a weekend thing that I always did. Right. It, I find it interesting because... And the one of my least favorite things in in the body shop was washing a car. Yeah. Like I just I don't know why. I just hate it. It just is not for me. But it's it's awesome that like so many like like you. I mean, obviously you wouldn't have started a business if you didn't enjoy it, you know? Yeah. I mean, it's it's crazy, like and photography. Box is obviously a photographer. I fing hate photography. Like there's nothing worse than me than laying a gun down and trying to get a good freaking picture of it. You know, I just hate it. So it's like it works out good because I'm just like I get, I got a gun that I need a good photo of. My like, hey box, come handle this shit for me. You know. Yeah. But I just find it fascinating how um some people can love stuff and I just absolutely hate it. Oh yeah. <laughs> well, part of that I think is in the body shop when we're washing cars, we're just washing it to so all the panels don't look like total shit. Yeah, that's true. Like appease the customer. Yeah, but whereas his work, he's getting down. He's he's detailing. <laughs> he's right. making everything just look absolutely perfect. Which that I'm I'm all about. Yeah, spraying a car down, power washing it, and mitting it down, and spraying it off again. That's no f-ing fun. But right, getting down into the nitty gritty of it, and the details of it, I could see. I could be. I could see that being uh, enjoyable. Yeah, that's what I'm about. The details. Yeah, that's true. Did you have did you have people that supported you then too in it and you know told you you were doing the right thing or I wouldn't say I had somebody tell me I was doing the right thing when I dropped out but I had my grandparents supporting me and they tried helping me you know figure out what I was gonna do next and obviously I just started working for the time being until I figured out what I wanted to do right yeah um I saw an interesting uh, quote the other day something about um. You can't learn to drive a car sitting still, so just freaking start it. Like, I mean, how, how is is that kind of how you approach your, your detailing business? You just like, well, I'm not really sure what's going on yet, but I'm gonna start this little side hustle in this business and just roll with it. Or how did you how did you get a start in it early? Yeah, so how I started doing it on the side, anyways, was just friends and family, and then it just grew into random people I didn't know just dropping cars off. Yeah. And then what pushed me to obviously quit my job was the fact that I had about 20 cars that needed done on my schedule. <laughs> and 20 cars with a full-time job just wasn't happening. Right. So I sat down and talked to my grandpa one night, and I told him, I was like, I think it's time I need to go out on my own and see what I can do. And he told me to do it. Right. So I gave my two weeks at my job, and from there I just started working every day on my own. 
that's pretty similar to the way it happened for me. Like I started doing guns on my own, just friends and family and shit. And then it was, you know, I had enough that I could take that leap too. Yeah. So where were you working at, at that point when you decided to go out on your own? Was I, that Woodhouse? Uh, I actually left Woodhouse because there was a guy that put up a car wash in Sioux City. He wanted me to run it. So I, I took that job and I ran that for about six months okay. before I decided to quit. And he actually helped me too. He approved that he wanted me to start my business. Really? Yeah. And he owned that car wash. That's pretty awesome. Yeah. He was really cool. Cause a lot of people like they'll, um, you know, they'll find a, a good employee like yourself and you know, damn it. I don't want to lose them. So they'll, like, you know, you'll ask them about going out on your own. They're, oh, you know, I don't, I don't know if that's a good idea. I don't think yeah. you'll be able to make it, you know, and they try to scare you away and, and you should stay you. here and make money for me. Right. Yeah. He was really cool. He's, he owns three or four businesses and he's an entrepreneur himself. So I think he saw that in me and he wanted me to push for that. So, yeah. Did you get any, um, good advice from him or, you know, other entrepreneurs going into this or, you know, since you've started, I mean, yeah, I mean him and a few guys, they were all kind of similar, just different wording. I'd say it was just, you need to put your head down and do it and, you know, just don't be wasting your time or thinking that you need days off. You just need to keep working because if, if you're not finding work or doing work, then you're not going to last long. Right. That's one thing I've noticed too is like when I tell people that I work for myself and like just yesterday, two days ago, I was talking to somebody about it. One of my neighbors actually. Oh, that's awesome, man. You know, you work for yourself. You can just, Hey, I don't want to work today. I don't have to work today. You can just take what, do whatever you want. I'm like, Bro, I mean, yeah, you can, but there's a lot of mentality <laughs> like that, though. Like, oh yeah, people think we have it easy. Yeah, it's sad. Yeah, like I absolutely like it does not freaking work like that. Yeah, I don't have a boss, but I have and I have customers. Yeah, like that want their shit. Like, and part of my like I don't like making people wait, so I'm not gonna just take a freaking day off and to myself and do whatever the hell I want, you know? It don't work that way. Yeah, I don't I'm not taking a day off unless I'm in pain or hurting. So. Right. I was that way even when I was, you know, working for people though. I didn't there was a shit, it was a long, long stretch that I didn't miss a single day of work. Oh yeah. And <laughs> my buddy actually, um the body shop that I used to work at, he ended up buying it. Um, and now he was struggling getting a good employee in there. And he's like the last one he was just missed like freaking, you know, he'd go with like a two week stretch. He didn't miss a day of work and then he'd miss a day or two or three or whatever. And I'm just like, man, I worked for like two years there and didn't miss a single freaking day. Oh yeah. It's just that mentality though. Like there's, there's the, I want to work mentality. I'm going to do whatever it needs to, to be done whatever needs to be done mentality. And then there's like the, you were talking about it earlier, just the half-ass, just bare minimum. I'm just going to scrape by and do whatever I need to do to not get fired. Yeah. And I've noticed other type of people that live paycheck to paycheck, but are the same people that complain. Oh yeah. hundred percent. Yep. hundred percent. I could not agree more with you there. I think, I think too, like I, I've been doing a lot of thinking on like, well, just, I'll just say it. Like, I don't think we were put, we were meant to be on this earth and work a nine to five job that we freaking hate. 
I mean, think about it. Like, say you're eight to five. That's eight hours a day. That's a third of your life. You spend in the other thirty, another third of your life, sleeping. literally sleeping. You know, this isn't counting weekends, but so, so it almost, almost, you know, two thirds of your life just gone into something. So you get to spend a third of your life actually doing something that you want to be doing and enjoying it. And a lot of the time, you know, you'll be like Sunday nights. My girlfriend hates Sunday nights. Oh, I got to go to work the next, you know, tomorrow, you know, so they're essentially ruined too. Like you're not enjoying it anymore. It's like, I don't feel like we're meant to, meant to live like that. Yeah, I agree. I really don't. Um, we need, that's a, the, the quandary though. It's like, we need those people working jobs that nobody wants to do in order to maintain this lifestyle, you know, of, of society that we have. Yeah. You know, that's the, so nobody, I mean, nobody wants to live like that, but I think if there's always going to be people that will, though, I mean, just because it's, no it's the easy way out. Absolutely. There's yeah. no, there's no drive. But even owning a business, there's, there's too many people out there that, that couldn't do it just because how their mindset is and oh no, people can't take, you know, the stress and all that stuff. Oh, this is too hard. Right. Yeah. But most people also have, you know, they think they can go to work and get by. You can't just show up to work when you own a business and just kind of do whatever you want because you're not getting paid. Right. You're getting something done. Right. A lot exactly. Of people don't understand that. Yeah. I would say that's like, I re- I'll even realize it in my mentality um, about about money about a lot of things as compared to my friends that just work a, a nine to five job, like their mentality on certain things is so completely different than mine. Mm-hmm. It doesn't even, it doesn't even make sense to me anymore. You know? Um, yeah, it's, it's just, it's nuts. Um, and I think the, the hardest part for me was, like I said earlier, nobody told you what you had to do. You just got to figure all this shit out. And then you're wearing like 47 hats. You know, like you, you're doing, you're doing, uh, accounting, you're doing, um, dealing with customer service, you're doing, uh, the actual work and all this shit. Like there's so many things that you have to do that when you're working a nine to five jobs, like, all right, this is your, this is your job. You know, this is all you have to do. But for business, it's just like, you got to freaking do everything. Oh yeah. What would you, I mean, is that like the hardest part for you or what would you say the hardest part of your starting the business was for you? Um, so when I first started like on my own, the hardest part for me was making sure I was doing everything right. So like legal term wise, like Mm -hmm. making sure my LLC was legit. Um, Mm -hmm. my grandpa pushed for insurance, obviously just in case something ever happened. So getting business insurance and shopping for that and making sure I had what I needed to be legit was hard for me but then what i really didn't want to get into that i i needed to know was obviously the tax side of it like mm-hmm. state tax sale tax and all that stuff so to me that was really confusing learning yeah. that and understanding it making sure like what i was charging was okay but also like tax wise and what the state needs to get out of that too mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. they just changed that up a while ago yeah it's month to month now which pisses me off like 
I, I can, I barely remembered it to do it quarterly, you know, and a lot of times I didn't like, well, I'm hmm, backlogged a couple, couple pay time print, you know, terms here. I got to go and fix this. Now it's every fucking month. You know why they did that though? Is they just want the money out of business owners so they can spend it on something else. Yeah. Give it's it to the, Ukraine. Yeah. It's on the <laughs> democratic side of it. Yeah. I, I would definitely agree. I would definitely agree. But that shit just, yeah, that just grinds my gears. And then every time. Like you're, you're, you're just raking this money in for them, you know, doing it out of the goodness of your heart, giving them money. Yeah. And then, then you're like, oh, well, I, I'm not going to make it on time. This, oh, well, pay us a big penalty then. Well, fuck you. Like I'm giving you money for free, you dicks. I'm creating revenue for you. And now when I don't file it on time, I bet that's another big thing of it too. They'd fig, they figured out they could get more late fees. Yeah. By people not doing it. But right. you, have, you have the end of the next month to get it done, but it's still dumb. Like, oh yeah, quarterly was easier to me, and I'm not going to pay once a year because that's just that's freaking freaking big. Right? Yeah, I'm the same exact way. This is kind of off topic, but it reminded me of a fun fact I heard the other day. In one year, Blockbuster they collected eight hundred million dollars in late fees. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit! That's a f- ton. That's that like everybody lot. not ever taking their movies back. That's yeah. a lot of money. That is. Back in Blockbuster's heyday, I bet they collect like $8 in late fees yeah. now. There's like one, I think there's one Blockbuster left, isn't there? I think it's I like the know. very first one that they leave open or whatever. It's out, I think it's on Oregon or Washington or something I don't like know. that. I think we talked about that and we were both com- way off on yeah. our guesses. Do you even, Blair, you're, shit, you're I don't know. 12, 15 years younger than that. Do you even like remember ever going to a blockbuster? No. Bro, you're missing out. That was like date night. I'm telling you, man, this, this was the, the easiest date night in the world, bro. You just go to get your girl, go to blockbuster, you know, you spend some time picking out a movie. It was a whole deal. Now it's like, now it's just like Netflix, Netflix and chill. You just sit on the couch. You're like, that's not even, that's not even a date. It doesn't count a date. Yeah. It was, uh, that was, that was a great man. I freaking good times. God, I feel dated now. Oofta. What were you? Were you born? Eighty five. Okay. Yeah, I graduated in oh four. What year did you graduate? Nineteen. Jesus. I was born in two thousand. Oh my. Oh. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Definitely making me feel dated, Blair. <laughs> Definitely making me feel dated. Oh, so back to the kind of the subject at hand. What at this point, like, what's your, what's the most rewarding part of, of running the business for you? Um, rewarding side of it is obviously getting done with, you know, my bigger high end jobs, but I'd say the best for me is seeing the customer's reaction. Mm-hmm. And I have a lot of customers that pay their bill, get in their vehicle and leave, which is totally fine because they know they got the service. Right. But seeing, you know, some of these people that are just ecstatic about their vehicle and it's never looked this clean. I mean, to me that, that really makes me feel good that, you know, I did what they wanted done and, mm-hmm. It looks good. So, yeah, I definitely, I would agree with that. That's, I love it when somebody comes in and I deliver a gun and they just, you know, freak out about it. Uh, I think the other part about it for me is the most rewarding part is when I'm done at the end of the day and I close up shop and, and it's like I'm building something for myself. This is mine and I've, I've, I've done all this, you know, with my own two hands. Or it's like when you're done with a nine to five job and you close, like you lock up, like that's somebody else's business. Yeah, I feel that. That's not, yeah, that's not, that's not your name on the door. You're, 
you're getting nothing from that other than the nine to five paycheck. Um, and yeah, this isn't to say that there's anything wrong with, with working for someone else. I hope nobody's taken it that way. Um, ultimately though, I think as I talked just a little bit before, like it should be 100% about fulfillment. Like if whatever job you're doing, you're happy with, and you can, at the end of the day, you, you get that, that feeling of fulfillment and you're, you're happy with what you're doing. That's, that's what matters. Yeah, that is. And I think the three of us here, you know, we get that from being out on our own and, 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 you know, paving our own way. But if, uh, if, if the nine to five job is for you, hell yeah, man, more power to you. I think. For sure. I think. Box, what is, what did you say? What would be huh? your, what would be your most, your rewarding what do you like best about being out on your own? I, you know, I don't know all of it. Not having to listen to someone else, like he said, the feeling good finishing a job. You really got to stop clicking that pen, man. <laughs> Sorry, it's a new pen. I'm, I'm pretty, I'm, I, I'm pretty enamored with it. I know. <laughs> no, I love, I love finishing a job and being able to step back and look at it and be like, that looks pretty fucking good. That's mm-hmm. a good feeling. And then, like you guys were talking. When you hand something to a customer and they're like, oh, my God, that's amazing. It's always a little disappointing when you do something really like you feel you're like, oh, this is this is some of my best work I've done. Then you hand it to the customer and they're like, cool, thanks. Right. (laughs) I'm always always a little disappointed. I'm like, come on, man. That's really impressive stuff. I hate that. The other day I was on on the phone. with. There's just some people like that, though. Like I was on the phone with this guy. And I was literally bored to tears, even having a conversation with him. Like I could, I could not wait to get off the phone. And he called me like two or three times asking different questions. I just wanted to shoot myself in the face. Just it, like he was just one of those, the most boring people in the world to talk to, you know, it's just oh, a yeah. monotone and he asked a question and this is all he'd say. And it was just, it's like, like, you know exactly where the question is going and, but and you, he just you, keeps you, talking. <laughs> it's like that guy in office space. Uh, do you have my, do you, do you, do you, do you have my, my stapler? Oh my God. Like I could not wait to get off the phone with him. But, and those are the same type of guys that like when you, you do this freaking amazing piece of art for him and you hand it to him, they're like, yeah, Thank you. Great. And they just pay you your money and and they're out the door. It's like, bro, like, you know, do you like it? Do you hate it? Like I would, I would prefer like, if you didn't like it, tell me it fucking sucks. Like, I don't like this. This is not what I want. And maybe they, they're just like that though. Like those, uh, yeah, I I feel you, man. I don't, but I think I would be one of those customers. I kind of. You, I'm lacking in the in the enthusiasm yeah. department. <laughs> the same with the I'm phone not gonna, calls. Like, jump up and down or something. Hundred percent. Like, now that really I think about things. it, now that I think about it, you're one of those guys that I on the phone calls. Like I'll call him up and be like, "Yeah, I'm just he's, not excited just to like, talk to you at all." <laughs> right? <laughs> <laughs> oh man, you are you are mind-numbingly boring to talk to on the phone because sweet, you, like sweet. <laughs> only to you. I hope so. I hope so. Because he just he relays like the bare minimum. It's like a yes or no, or you know, yeah. just the bare minimum of what he has to say to to get the conversation over with. Uh, it's horrible box, horrible. So Blair, you mentioned earlier working on a higher end stuff. What's the most expensive vehicle you've detailed so far? Um, uh, a few weeks ago, I um was detailing in Sioux City for these guys that came up from Missouri. And one was a Lamborghini, uh, one was a Jaguar F-Type, and then one was a Corvette Z06. Nice. So, I mean, the Lamborghini was obviously the most exotic car that I've mm-hmm. cleaned. 
I would say. What'd you do to it? Did you just just a just a wash and wax or Yeah, it was basic wash and wax outside and then a quick vacuum on the inside. So you didn't have to like buff it or anything. That would be that would have been like That'd be stressful. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah, all three of those cars those guys came up, they're all ceramic coated already. Okay. But yeah. Do you ever worry I like I don't know how the ceramic coating works, but do you do you gotta like buff a car before you before you do it like do you worry about like burning through edges and shit ever um i don't because i don't use rotary oh okay so obviously you know that anybody that uses rotary knows it burns a lot faster uh-huh so i generally i don't worry about it because you gotta sit for a long time for me to want to burn through something unless it's been repainted okay but for me i don't worry about that generally i can tell right away if it's factory paint or not so right so you're using like a uh, random orbit? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I never, I've never worked with one of those. I suppose it would, it would definitely lessen the the stress of burning through. Burning and uh, your, you get with that force rotation, you get marring in the paint, mm. and generally rotary doesn't finish as well as an orbital because of that. Okay. So that's why I don't like using rotary. It doesn't finish very well. Right. Interesting. Yeah, that's pretty awesome. I did see you posted your. I follow your Facebook page. I did see you posted those that Lambo and shit. And I'm like, that's that's pretty awesome. How'd you get hooked up with those guys? Um, so they posted on a Sioux City page looking for a detailer that would come to wherever they needed to be, mm-hmm. which they were saying at the Hard Rock. But I was tagged like forty times. <laughs> but um, there was obviously other people that were tagged because. There's many of them in Sioux City. Yeah. Which I didn't think about. I mean, if they message me, they message me. I'm not, I don't push for stuff like that. I'm not going to go out of my way and message him, you know, show him my business. Cause, right. I mean, he saw I was tagged plenty of times. And like two weeks before they sh- uh, showed up, he messaged me. He's like, Hey, uh, we're going to go with you to detail our stuff. If you have time. I'm like, all right, sounds good. And they're like, don't worry. We already went through all the detailing pages on Facebook and you had the nicest stuff. Hell yeah. So I was like, that's pretty cool. That makes like, you feel pretty damn good. Yeah. And the fact that, you know, everybody is, is tagging you. I yeah. mean, lets you know that you're doing you're doing something right. That makes a guy feel pretty good when somebody recommends your shit. Yeah, I get tagged quite a bit and it's it's pretty nice to see that that people actually recommend me. Yeah, absolutely. It makes you feel like you're doing something right. Oh yeah. Damn right. Did they jump up and down when they saw the finished product? No, like what he was talking, they were the most monotone people. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Like, you know, they came out, I initiated the handshake, we chatted for a minute, and they left, and that was the end of it. Right. Both nights was like that, and, you know, he messaged me after they left and said, you know, everything was good and that they'd use me again. Cool. They weren't, you know, the ecstatic people that you would hope to see. Right. Well, I'm sure they, you know, they've probably been rich for a while and, and had those cars and like, you know, just, it is what it is. Those cars probably weren't near as exciting to them as they were to you. Yeah. I would, I would which bet. was fine. I mean, to them, I was probably just a detailer, you know, cleaning their cars, mm-hmm. which is okay, but yeah, it yeah. was still really cool. Absolutely. What's the, um, I asked you a little bit ago, what's the, um, the best piece of advice that you'd been you'd been given um what's what's the one thing the biggest thing that you've learned um on your own like just working on your own um so when i started versus now that's changed a lot because when i first started i was working for me and i'm at the point where i work for my business so like 
I want to do what's best for my business at the end of the day. So, you know, most people think my job. So like if I have a $500 job, most people would say, Oh, you, you made $500 today. Mm -hmm. My business made $500 today. That's not what I brought home. Right. So, and I'm at the point with my business where I'm trying to grow more, you know, into tools and, you know, just building my shop into everything I need. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I'd say some of my best advice was, you know, you're working for yourself and remember that, but also you just need to keep your head up and keep working. Right. Yeah. You, you said something a little bit just there that, you know, you made $500, but you, that's not like your bring home. That's, that's what goes into the business. Um, I think a lot of people like people have that employee mindset. Like a lot of guys will come to me and I'll do, well, I do like a laser engraving and shit. And some, like say some simple job comes in the shop. I'm like, well, that's 60 bucks. And he's like, bro, that took you like 10 minutes. You charging me 60 bucks for that? Yeah. You know how much that freaking laser engraver costs? Thousands and thousands. That's you're not paying for the ten minutes of my time. You're paying for the massive investment that I made previously and the learning curve. Yeah. That I had to, you know, that was there for me to learn how to use this equipment. Like I don't think people people don't realize that. Oh yeah, and like that job I did up in Sioux Falls last week. I mean, just for me to show up. I mean, I probably had at least a thousand dollars in tools and products, not counting my truck insurance, gas my time none of that right so absolutely it's it's a lot that people don't even understand there's a there's an old story that i remember that i kind of like about um a ship it's broken down in the in the, the port or whatever and these guys can't figure out how to fix it they call in all these boat mechanics and nobody can figure it out nothing's working then they call in another guy he comes in looks things looks at things around checks everything out and he hits the engine so in the in the right spot with with a hammer and he charges them hundred thousand dollars and they're like you can't you can't charge us that much this is all you did was hit something with a hammer he's like you're not you're not paying for the work that I did you're paying you're you're not charging you're not getting charged for the hammer you're getting charged for me knowing where to use the hammer. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. One but, of the biggest things I've been seeing lately is there's a shirt that's being sold right now that's going around that says, pay for my experience, not my time. Mm -hmm. And I think that's pretty cool. Definitely. I would say that's the one of the biggest things in your industry box is like, and, and I'm even guilty of it, like not realizing how much, you know, to me, like I take a picture of a gun on the floor, you know, and oh, I got to have you do it. And then, you know, you're going to charge. Well, yeah, like you've spent years and years and years perfecting your craft. Like, whereas I just went and bought a pixel because they have a nice camera on them. So like, you know, there's a big, there's a big, I, do you deal with that a lot in your, in your industry? Like telling people the price of something and they're shocked. I don't know. Nobody really, nobody's vocalized it to me. I think a lot of people just ignore me once I tell them that the price. <laughs> they're like, oh, f okay, yeah. shit, never mind. Not even going to bother replying to that. Right. Yeah, I get that too. Yeah. Yeah. But then I, I get a lot of that. But then I too, I also get a lot of people that, you know, you tell them the price. And you're like, oh, bro, that's it? I'm like, fuck, yeah, I should have right. charged you double, you know? It's like, yeah. Yeah. So it's, that's one of, that was one of the hardest things for me still is, is 
um, valuing your valuing your work. Um, that's difficult for me. And I don't even like when we have a huge job, like some big ass job that's more than I usually charge everybody. I hate telling people the price. Like, I'm getting better at it, but that was always tough for me. It's like, well, you know, just valuing my work and yeah, you're goddamn right. This is, this is worth that amount of money. You know, that's difficult. But, um, up until this point, would you, would you change anything about the way that you did things or is, I mean, um, I don't know if I changed anything. I think I did a lot of good things starting out. Um, one of the biggest things I had to do when I started was obviously I needed money and I was told obviously not to go to a bank to get a business loan. Mm-hmm. So I sold one of my cars to get money to buy an enclosed trailer, mm-hmm. you know, wrap it, my decaling. So I think I did a lot of good things. Um, I'd say one thing I wish I would have done was maybe find a shop a little sooner because I think I would have got a little bit more business off the bat just by having a stationary place. Mm-hmm. Cause when I started, I was mobile every day. So I was traveling. So, right. How long did you do that for before you got your shop? Um, from May to November 1st. Okay. I was traveling every day. Yeah, that'd be hard to do around here in the winter, detailing shit. Yeah, so I moved into my shop at perfect time because if I wanted, I probably would have just obviously taken the, the winter off and, you know, found a job to get me through the winter and then hit mm-hmm. it hard again in the spring and then find a shop. Right. Where is your shop? It's in Kingsley. It'd be... Uh, is that down by Case? Yeah, and the sto- right those to... those storage buildings. Okay, yep. yeah, that's what I thought. He's got the big one on the on the south end. Okay, are they? They're building some right across there. Some what are they like twenty by forty or something like that? Just storage units. Yeah, they're twelve wide by forty long. Okay, with twelve foot doors. Who's building them? Uh, builder. Oh, okay, I thought so. That's who owns all the stuff. Who's building them is Alan and uh, Tim Rees. Oh, okay, okay, yep. gotcha. Gotcha. What, what is, um, where do you want to be in like five years? What's your, what's your plan? Do you have a five year plan? Yeah, I've thought about it a lot. It sucks how the economy is right now though. Cause, uh, I, my goal is to have a shop house. Mm. So that's really where I want to be. Me too, bro. Me too. <laughs> but, I mean, when you're looking at like $200 a square foot, put up a building that's yeah. not like counting like furnish and stuff like that it's pretty hard to think about yeah but five-year plan with how everything's going right now is i hope to be in a, a little bit bigger shop i'm starting to run out of space mm. i just want more comfort for pulling vehicles in and stuff right i get that i'm kind of in the same ballpark or in the same same deal right now is i need more freaking space but like where i am it's freaking nice. Like being able to walk out my back door and go to work. Oh yeah. Like, and plus there's so many other benefits too, like tax benefits from having your business at home. And you know, just, I don't want to freaking move anywhere else, you know? And then you got to have, you go somewhere else and then you have, you know, your rent and other utilities and all that shit too, you know? Yeah. So it's, man, I'm, I, I think I'm going to put that off as, as just as long as humanly possible, but, you know, it's going to have to happen at some point for me to grow, but I don't know. I think I'm going to stay there as long as I can. Yeah, for sure. So is your plan, are you going to eventually want to grow more and have your own employees or do you just want to keep us doing your own little thing? I would say the end goal would be obviously having an employee, 
but how I say it right now, I just want to be even ideal because I'm not going to find someone that wants to mm-hmm. be the same mindset as me. Mm-hmm. And it would be hard getting someone in there, especially how young I am, trying to find someone that wants to work every day because yep. they're probably going to be older than me. Yeah. So that's a big thing that worries me is being a younger boss that it could lead to issues. So Yeah. I would I would agree with that. Um I would agree, but I think too it's just kind of how you're like if they respect you and how you carry yourself. I mean, you're a professional guy. Yeah. Like it's just how you how you carry yourself and and how you treat them. I think it would you're right though. You would just have to find the right person and be kind of difficult to If I were to hire somebody though, it, they'd be doing a lot of the basic stuff like the washing, the prep work, you know, the interior detailing. Right. I would be wanting to be the one that does the paint corrections, the coatings, the PDR, obviously. Right. Yeah. I'm the same way. I need, I need to, and I got a part-time guy and one super, super part-time guy. Um, but I need someone that I can depend on to, you know, paint guns, like the simpler shit. And that's what I would love is somebody that's doing like the, the super simple jobs. And then I just get to do the fun shit, you know, the custom, the crazy custom stuff and the yeah. things like that. But, you know, it's like you said, it's freaking hard to find somebody. Um, so have, have you always had the worth work ethic that you have or, and where, where'd that, where'd that come from? Oh yeah. I was pretty young when I started working and I don't speak to my dad anymore, but I would say that my dad had a big part of my work ethic. Cause he told me at a very young age, if I wanted nice stuff that I better learn how to work mm-hmm. and, I like nice stuff. <laughs> and, and I don't know. I Not that I like spending money. I just like having nice stuff so it costs money. Right. So I started working around, you know, the age of 10 because my grandparents farmed. So I was always out there helping them and penny mm-hmm. pension at a young age, putting all my money in the bank account so I could have a nice car. Right. But, yeah, ever since then, I started working and hustling on the side, and it just always grew from there. What was your first car? Uh, it was a 2014 Chevy Cruze LTZRS. <laughs> fucking 2014 is the first car. And <laughs> I was thinking oh, it's going to be like a 1990-something, but no, just old as balls. Yeah. You know what mine was? 1988 Grand Prix, or Grand Dam, excuse me. Two-door, five-speed. Yeah. Oh, hell, that car was so fun, man. Just a little Ricky. I think it was like a 2.4 cylinder or something. Yeah. But damn, that thing would scoot. Oh, it was, and it was so fun driving that driving that five speed man. I miss that. Pretty much the exact opposite of my first car, eighty nine Bonneville. Oh yeah, <laughs> things are a f-ing boat with a couch in the back seat. That was wasn't that Grandma's car? <laughs> that was Grandpa's. Yeah, still had Grandpa's ashes in the in the tray uh, when I got it. Grandpa's like it, cigarette. Yeah, ashes. cigarette ashes. Cigar. Not, no, not, he smoked a pipe. Yeah, that's what it he was. He smoked a pipe, not not like tobacco. his, you know, we didn't put his ashes in the car. No, no. <laughs> no, I had him hanging from the rear view mirror. <laughs> not weird at all. <laughs> oh, man, that car, though, that little five-speed, it, it was weird because, like, I learned to drive the five-speed just the other day. I got in, I can't remember what truck it was in, but I freaking pushed in the clutch. Like, there's nothing there, bro. There's no fucking clutch there. Oh, yeah. And I'm like, what the, where the hell did that come from? You know, I haven't driven a five speed and well, probably since I worked at the body, sh- it's been six years, five, six years since I've even driven something like that. Like, yeah. where the hell did that come from? I thought that was pretty weird. It's, it's pretty strange how 
how the brain works. That's, you're just stupid, Sam. <laughs> well, I mean, <laughs> yeah, that's probably part of it. That's all right, though. Right time to buy a manual. <laughs> I do. Yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah, I would love to have a little a little Ricky Racer car to shitbox around in. And I, I mean, I like nice stuff too. But man, there's something to be said for just like like a piece of shit car like that. Yeah, I, I, you I know. picked one up last week actually. Did you? What'd you get? It's a '99 Saab. Ooh, hell yeah. It's been sitting in a, a field for about six years. <laughs> which is, I, I used to have an Arbiter. I had a 95 Park Avenue that was sat in a field for six years. Mm. And it was my uncle. He said, yeah, if you pull it out, you can have it. So I pulled it out. And this car the same way. Heck yeah. He's like, yeah, you can have it if it moves. It moved. Two door or four door? It's a four door. Okay. Heck yeah. Got a fart can on it? No, this one's all <laughs> stock, thankfully. <laughs> What's, uh, have you ever gotten a gotten a job where you show up to it and you're like, why are you why are you paying money to have this piece of shit detailed? Yeah, it's unfortunate. <laughs> I have stopped doing stuff though, like minivans. I will not do a minivan. <laughs> Good call. It's either they're, they're trashed and they'll spend the money, or they're like mediocrely dirty and then they complain about the price. Yeah, right. And it's just like there's no in between. It's one or the other. Yeah. Like the old the old people that have vans. I'll make an exception because I know they're not dirty Mm because only the front seats used. Right. But these people have kids that only want to spend like two hundred dollars. Like, no, (laughs) stomping M and M's into all the cracks and crevices. Yeah. The seats are stained with like Jello, and you don't know what to do. Mm. (laughs) Right. That was one of the biggest things I learned in business too was the joy of saying no. Yeah, I I've had a hard time doing that. And yeah. I'm starting to get to that point where it's okay now. It's difficult when like you're one especially when you're first starting off, you know, and you feel oh, yeah. like you need that job. Which is fine. That's how I was. Right. Because if if you're doing cars that you don't want to do, you're still having people talk about you. Which right. is what you want. Right. That's true. That's true. Yeah. Um but there were and, and I don't know, there was just something like I kept doing these jobs that I fucking hated and it's like I don't want to be doing this. Why like this is the reason I started this job and started this business is so I don't have to do shit I hate. Yeah. So why am I accepting this these jobs that I don't want to be doing? And then like, huh, boy, I can just say no. It was like it was like a revelation and then and I don't get that very often. Like there's very few guns that I'll turn down that I don't want to do, but every now and then you run across that one and you're like no, bro, I'm not touching this. Yeah. And, and I had one last year, I think it was. This dude calls me up telling me he's got like this, he's sunk like $10,000 into this precision rifle. And I think he tried to have, what did he say? He had somebody else Cerakote it, and then he tried to paint it himself, so it was a fucking mess, just a disaster, you know. And he brings it in. I'm like, ah, I no promises. I will look at it. And he brings it in. And showing me all this stuff, and I'm no, bro. I don't, I don't want to do this. No. And M- Melissa was in the shop at that point, and she can vouch for this. I bet I told that guy no four to five times. And he was literally, he's like, bro, I am. He literally almost got down on his knees and was begging me. I was like, F-. I broke down. I was like, ah, fine, you spineless. I bitch. know, I know, but. <laughs> <laughs> but actually that job r- went really well um and i ended up making good money off of it and it wasn't as horrible as i thought yeah. but like i was i stand on my ground for a long time and like it was like getting to the point where i was like this is like embarrassing he's like please man please i'm begging you i was like 
I'm fine. Fuck. But yeah, I would say <laughs> I would say the joy of saying no is the best, probably the best thing I've, I've learned in business so far. Yeah, I had an issue with that about a month ago with a local farmer. I told him that I didn't want to do it because the truck was too far gone on the inside. Mm-hmm. He's like, "Well, clean it up because we're selling it. We want it to look good." I was like, "It's not going to look good." Right. Because it was a fully loaded truck, but it was like a 2012, so it was trashed, and the seats were like cut up and ripped, and they were leather. Mm-hmm. I'm like, you can't, can't do anything with that. Yeah, and it was just so bad. And I spent like two hours on it because it doesn't matter how much time I'm going to spend on it, it's not going to look good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they weren't happy with it. I was hearing backlash <laughs> on it, which I don't get ever complained about, so obviously it sucked hearing that he was complaining right. about it, but. It was whatever. Yeah, and you're going to have, you're going to run into those people. Oh, yeah. Anytime you're in business, I think. Yeah, we encountered those a lot uh, at SS. We're like, man, this is not going to turn out good. It's not, it's going to fail. I like to fill my rocker panel full of spray foam right. and duct tape. And we're like, it's going to look like shit in two weeks, man. We're like, well, just, just do it anyways. It'll be fine. Then they get angry when it fails two weeks later. And right. like, we told you. We we laid it out pretty clear. This is not a good idea. I sold a, I think it was like a 2000-something Honda Civic four-door when I was in Kansas City. And the it was starting to train. He started to slip one night when we were coming home. And the girl I was, it was the girl that I was dating. And we pretty much just let it sit. And she went, and it was time for a new car anyway. You know, she went and we got a new car. And that thing sat there. And we ended up selling it and the guy came and test drove it and I told him straight face to face, man to man. I says, listen, last time we drove this, I did feel the training slipping a little bit. There's some, there's some issues with it. Okay. Yeah. No problem. But he drove it and it was fine and he didn't think nothing of it. This car got 17 miles down the road and the fucking tranny dropped it. Just done. <laughs> he fucking, he called me. Oh, he was fucking pissed. I was like, bro, I told you. The, the tranny had issues. Like, I'm not, like, even if I could give you your money back, which I can't because we did the deed at a bank. We sold it at the bank there, and my girlfriend worked at the bank. You did yeah. the deed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was probably a bad way of phrasing that. <laughs> we sold it at the bank, and she deposited the money right away and paid bills with it, and, like, three-quarters of it was gone. So, And this was, you know, back in my early 20s. I was broke as shit you know at that point so like bro the money's gone like even if i wanted to which i don't because i told you like i can't give it back to you but there's people there's yeah that i guess the moral of that story is there's going to be people pissed off like you know no matter what you do um he had he had kind of a right to be pissed off i guess maybe a little bit but i did tell him you know what what is a guy supposed to do used car sold as is damn right you're damn right that's buy from a dealer that's exactly that's exactly right. What is like I did a lot of thinking like when I was first starting my business like oh, you know, like I think I thought that I was going to hit a certain point and I was going to feel like I made it. Like, oh, you know, I made it. You know, I I've been in business let's see, full time it'll be 6 5 years now coming up on the 1st. And I don't feel I don't I don't feel like I've made it or anything like that. But what does like made it or success, I guess, mean to you? I mean, success to me, business wise, would I'd say is where your business has financially stable, where the fact you could maybe 
take a few weeks off your business and you wouldn't have to worry about what your bank account looks like or yeah. paying bills. Yeah. But also what that is having enough business where you're always constantly like booked out. You know, mm. I don't know what it is for you, but I mean, for me, if I'm booked out a month, I mean, that's pretty good for me mm-hmm. that people are waiting that long. Yeah. But I'd say having enough money in your bank account where you can pay your bills like almost to a year out, I'd say is pretty good for, for someone, you know, in their first five, 10 years. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Box, what does success look like to you? Where do you want to be? Like, what do you, how are you, where are you going to be when you finally feel like you've made it? I don't know. I've been, that's like, that's something I've been thinking about lately. I don't know if I'll genuinely ever feel like I've actually made it. Right. And I, I don't, and I don't know why. So I'm like, I'll never ever be like, maybe if I was someone actually told me I was the best in the world to ever do it, then I'd be like, Oh, yeah, I made it. But I don't know. I'm always going to feel like there's someone out there doing things better than me. And there's always going to be things that I can do better and more stuff for me to learn and more money for me to make. So I don't know. It's hard for me to classify myself as a true success, I guess. I think that's probably a good thing though, because like, if you feel like I'm the best, I'm the best at what I do and, uh, I've made it and there's nothing for me to learn. Like you'll decline. I, I think that's a, that's a very dangerous, dangerous yeah. thing to think too. Yeah. Cause if you get that mentality, then you're not going to like work hard again or right. you're just going to either, either stay like level headed or going to go down. Yeah. There's no drive for you to continue improving because if you're at the top someone else is trying to get there mm-hmm. you're yeah. gonna get there yeah i get that a lot and like uh, i'm in a lot of uh Cerakote facebook groups and stuff and you know kind of i know some of the biggest names in the in the industry and some of the shit and even some of the shit that like the smaller guys put out that un, unheard of guys like stuff that they're doing you're like holy shit like look at that's freaking dope like damn i gotta step my game up man you know and I think that drive is ultimately, that's a great thing. And if you lose that, that's that's probably... That's why a lot of businesses fail in the first five years. Right. Or in the first two years, I'd say, is why they fail. Yeah. You get that drive off the bat and it just kind of dwindles. I, I ran across a... Where, where the hell is that stat that I ran across? It was talking about how many businesses fail. It was like one in... What the hell is it? See if I can find it here. Uh, 30... 30 only 30 percent of businesses remain in operation by their 10th year 20 percent go under in their first year and 30 percent go under in their second year so there was also another another one i found that i can't remember what it is but that's a lot of freaking businesses that go under just in their first year i thought it would have been higher than that actually i expected higher also and and it very well maybe this is just one I, this some stats I found on this this random mass blog, um, twenty percent go under and thirty percent. So it's okay. So twenty percent go under in their first year and thirty in their second. So they're saying fifty percent, only fifty percent make it through their fir- first two years. Yeah. Is what it sounds like. Which mm-hmm. I could see that for sure. Right. Because I think why a lot of businesses fail they run into money issues. Mm-hmm. No matter what type of business it is, like. People don't understand the overhead. Oh, yeah. And, you know, they, they either run themselves in the bank debt or they just run themselves out of money where they can't pay their own bills. So they quit it and get a job. Yeah. Yeah, they have no idea what they 
have to do. And then they start it and they're like, oh, yeah, shit, there's a lot involved with this. Yeah. Right. Like you don't get paid until your business has money in it. Oh, yeah. I worked, uh, I, I was working for, it was over a year before I took any money at all out of, out of Shy Works. Yeah. Like I didn't get paid a dime for it. Did you, did you take out, you said you, you sold a car to fund it. Like, did you take out any loans or anything? I mean, my truck loan is like my personal loan, but sure, I, I right. still write it off on my business technically, yeah. but it yeah. comes out of my own account. But technically my business doesn't have any debt. It's debt free. That's the way to do it. Yeah. I was the same way, you know, and I've invested thousands upon thousands into it now, but, um, yeah, absolutely. You mentioned people having money issues and yeah, when you start a business and you start off your business by going and getting a massive freaking loan. Yeah. Like you're that's just, a hole. yeah, that's asking to fail because now you're, you're have to make this month, you know, this much every single week or every single month just to pay that stupid freaking loan. Yeah. You know, whereas you just do it scraping by and whenever, you know, whenever you got a little bit of money, invest it back into the business. And that's what I did. I I was obviously in the cars and trucks and motorcycles, so I had a lot of equity sitting around. Mm-hmm. You know, when I started my business, I had two trucks, two cars, a motorcycle, and a, another bike. So I sold my Harley and I sold my car to fund my trailer and, you know, some upfront costs, like my LLC stuff and stuff like that where I needed the money. Right. But that's how I pretty much got started, so I didn't have to have a loan. Yeah. And when I bought my truck, I just wanted a newer truck that, I mean, I could use and, you know. Well, and too, like, that's, I mean, that's almost like, in your line of work, it's almost a necessity. I mean, if you have a a, a business detailing and you want to go towards the nice the nice cars and you roll up in a freaking 95 shit box, yeah. you know, people some, are going to be like, ugh. And some people could argue with that, and I don't care what they say, because if you got nice stuff, you probably do good work. Yeah, because I I hold myself to a higher level. So what I look like is what my business looks like. Absolutely. And but, if you don't have, I mean, if you're if you roll up and your truck is filthy, and you know, and you 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 open the door and a bunch of cans fall out and it just looks like shit. You know, they're not gonna have any any expectation of you doing nice work. Yeah, and like when I was younger, I had my that Park Avenue I mentioned. Mm-hmm. I, for a lot of those farmers, I would just load up my Buick, you know, when I was 18, 16 years old, and I would drive that out to these farms because it was dirty and dusty and I was doing basic stuff. Mm-hmm. Right. But even today, I mean, I got a newer truck and obviously looks good, but it's not always clean because I do drive a lot of gravel and I drive a lot every day. There's a stat here I see. Uh, this is just a random another one I ran across, but 58% of small businesses in the U.S. start with less than 25 grand, and one third start with less than 5,000. Um, I started with like eight dollars. I'm pretty sure, you know, <laughs> and and I think that's a story for for a lot of people, you know. It yeah. Just it started at the bottom, and every every cent that I got for the first year, just thrown back into business and it's still that way you know oh, yeah. i don't take i'm not taking a i'm not living a lavish lifestyle or anything you know oh, no. i'm just every i've taken enough for what i need to pay my bills and the rest of it gets invested back into the business i'm the same way like once a month i pretty much take out what i need to pay my bills and the rest stays in the business right and if, and if i got a bunch of money from that month i'm either trying to invest into something that i need to either improve my business into like tools or 
buffers or something like that. Otherwise, it'll sit in there until I'm ready for something new. What's like, uh, do you have your eye on like some big ass, big ticket item that you're really wanting or? Um, I'm starting to look for a new toolbox already. I'm growing out of my toolbox. Yeah. Because in the last six months, I've been getting a lot of tools just because it improves my business. But Well, you got to like in that line of work. I mean, yeah, absolutely. You need all sorts of shit. I wouldn't say I have a huge ticket item, but like I'd say in like January it was like my PDR stuff because I spent like five grand on tools and stuff like that. Right. So it was a pretty big leap getting into that for sure right away. Yeah. That was one of the biggest things too is like where I was talking a little bit about um, mentalities um, as compared to, you know, business owners versus employees. Like there's a lot of times we'll drop, you know, four or five, ten grand on an item and it's like, you know, I mean, yes, it's a lot of money, but it, I mean, that's pretty common nowadays. Whereas like you tell somebody that like some, one of your employees or one of your friends that work a nine to five job, I'm like, holy shit, you spent that much on It's like, bro, like that's, that's the cost of doing business, man. You just, it is what it is. You need that shit, you know? Yeah. But if you were to, if you were to tell someone that they weren't getting paid today and it was going back into their business, they wouldn't do it. No. And like for me and you, obviously, maybe you have the same way where you understand that there's a lot of days you don't get paid mm-hmm. and you're just working for your business. Yeah. Which mentality wise, yeah, it sucks to think about, but it's worth that at the end because you get to have that nice stuff or that one new tool that you wanted. Right. So I used to, when I was in Kansas City, I jumped around to several jobs down there. Um, and this one I was working at, his name was Ilya. He was this Russian dude. I think he was, I think he was, uh, 29 at the time. So he was a few years older than me, um, when I was working there. A Russian immigrant, you know, nice dude. And actually it was funny. I ran across him on, on Facebook just the other day. I hadn't, I probably hadn't talked to him in 15 years, 12, 15 years. And I just, his name randomly popped up on Facebook. I'm like, how the f does that even work? Because I don't know anybody else that knows you, bro. Like, Facebook, you're freaky. I don't know how the hell that works. But this dude, he was, like I said, he was like 29, and he was his goal was to retire by the time he was 40. I mean, he was just busting his ass. He had an auto body shop, you know, a little uh, auto body shop, and he was just slaving away and, you know, making his, uh, building his empire. And I should reach out to him and find out because now he's got to be getting close to 40. Yeah, he would be. He'd be. I should reach out to him and see if he, See if he actually made his goal. And it wouldn't surprise me because he had, he's, you know, you just run across people that have that drive and yeah. that ambition and you just, you can recognize it. Like you just know, yeah. like you're, you're going to make it, you know, and you're going to, and I think, I think there's, there's, um, just something about a person. Like if you talk to him for five minutes, like, like the first time I, I met you and, and you know, talked to you a little bit and saw your work. Like, I know you're going to freaking make it just because you have that, you have that drive and you have that, that freaking ambition and you're good at what you do. Like, you just know. Yeah. Um, and I think like not everybody is meant for business. Not like there's a lot of people that if you dumped them into the business world, said they had to make it on their own, they going nowhere, you know? And that's, that's, this is not for everybody, but that's okay, I guess. Um, what is your, 
Do you have a piece of advice? Say there's somebody listening to this right now that thinking about stepping out on their own, thinking about doing their own thing, but they're nervous to take the leap. What's you got a piece of advice for them to encourage them to do it? I'd say if you're questioning what you're doing versus what you want to do, then you need to go do what you want to do. Because if you're already questioning it, that means you're not going to be happy doing what you're already doing. And if you know you can do it, then you're going to have the drive to want to keep doing it. Mm -hmm. And that's all you need is you, you have to have want to do it. And if you have the experience or, you know, the learning curve to want to do it, then there's no reason you can't. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it goes back to too what I was saying. If you're if you're wanting to do something, if you have that hair, you know, that wild hair and you're feeling like you want to do this and you're not happy with what you're doing, if there's any possible way you can do it, take that friggin' leap. Just just do it. And I think if you don't, like you're gonna look back when you're sixty and damn it, like just regret it. Yeah. And there's so many times I've thought about things, um, like I wanted to do, like I wanted to start this habit or I wanted to start doing this particular thing. And I look back and that was five years ago and I'm like, shit, if I would have started that five years ago, look where I would have been now. I like, I would have, I would have, you know, been this far in it and made it this far and damn it. And you know, and now you kick yourself. I think that's, that's a good advice. Just go out and freaking do it. Find what you love to do and make it worth it, man. I think, Definitely. I think one of the problems with people that don't start on their own is because they only talk to people that have normal day-to-day -day lives that work for somebody else. Yeah. Because if, you, if you're not surrounded by other people that are business owners, the only thing that they're probably going to tell you is it's stressful and it's hard. Mm -hmm. But if you have people saying no that have a normal job, then what do they know more than you about wanting to start on their own? Yeah, absolutely. And that was my problem was I was having my parents tell me that I wouldn't make it. I was only going to last six months, that I was going to be a failure, mm -hmm. that I was going to crawl back home. Mm -hmm. And obviously it didn't happen, but that's what I saw. Like they didn't support it and they didn't think being a business owner was, you know, good. Right. And I'm sure that's, they were never business owners, clearly. No. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's... That's that would be rough, man. I commend you for still getting that that those naysayers, but um, still getting out on your own and and making it happen. That's awesome, man. Yeah. You know what's satisfying though is at SS. There's one of the guys that worked there. Every for years when I when we were doing the holsters and shit, he was always asking me. He's or giving me shit. He's like, "Oh, you you quitting your job yet? You making enough money with Shyworks to?" go out on your own and you'd always give me shit oh you you loser you're not gonna do anything you're you're not self-sustaining yet what a piece of shit and i went up there i stopped up to talk to those guys it was earlier this year i think maybe it's been close to a year now and we went out to eat and he was asking me about it he's like so that photography that's that's all you do now and i'm like yeah that's 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 all I do. That's my main income. I'm out on my own, and, and he's still working at that same job that he actually he absolutely despises. That he bitches about every single day. And I was like, this feels pretty f good. You're st <laughs> and it, it was awesome. He like he asked me that, and I was like, yep. And he's like, God damn it. <laughs> I was like, yeah, <laughs> f you feels great. Oh, that's awesome. I I'll, I'm kind of the outlier here then because I've never had I never had that that 
mentality towards any nobody ever had told me that no i just didn't say it in your face you probably yeah i'm sure there's a lot of people that thought that like oh, yeah. bro you're gonna fucking paint guns for a living like how can you possibly make a living doing that but nobody ever told me that like i and i've, I've been pretty lucky i mean we come from a, a pretty supportive family you know and my parents are both business owners um, that's how they supported us growing up. Dad, well, the shop downstairs and the wood shop downstairs. So, um, we came from that. My, obviously myself and, and box are both business owners. My older brother, he has like three freaking business, two or three businesses at this point. I think he's selling one. He's pretty much down. Um, and my, my oldest sister, um, she does, you know, a little bit on, on her own too. So like, that's, that's kind of what we come from. Oh yeah. Um, so I think it was, it was probably definitely a little bit easier for us than, you know, coming for up for you, you know, that's a little bit, a little bit harder, man. It was tough. Yeah. Did you ever, did you ever take out like student loans and shit? Yeah, I, I did have a small student Where'd loan. Where'd you go? Where were you going to college at? Uh, in Sheldon at NCC. Oh, me too. Yep. Yeah. I think I told you that. Yeah. Um, yeah, but I went there for three years, and I even when I came out, like I had two degrees. I ended up graduating and shit, but I still only owed like seventy five hundred bucks. You know, it wasn't it wasn't not that much. But one of the things I always regretted, well, I used to regret for a long time, was I didn't go to like Ames or you know Iowa and have that four year college experience. Yeah. But now that I, it's like, bro, like no. Like, yeah, I, I don't regret that. I used to. I don't anymore. Yeah. But because like you'd hear about those stories, like, you know, the parties and all the good times. But there there are people who are graduating after four years with tens of thousands of dollars in debt. Six figures on some. It's not. Yeah, it's fucking it's insane. Absolutely insane. Like there is something that that needs to change in our society because starting off kids in their life owing thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars is a stupid ass horrible way to do things yeah i I don't see how the like kids my age or maybe just a little bit younger now that think it's okay to jump right into college where either they may not even know what they want to do right but they do it because they know they have to right But that have to is a mentality it's not actually what they have to do absolutely but that's where people shame other people like you come out of high school and you start working you get shamed for that mm-hmm. if you come out of high school and you go to college but you don't know what you're doing you're still doing the right thing right yeah. and, and, make, and you're spending thousands and thousands of dollars to do something that you don't even know if that's what you want to do yeah like people that take their gen eds their first year why are you wasting your time go right. get a job yeah like well i'm just i'm taking some time figuring out what i want to do by spending money go f- can earn money and figure out what you want to do exactly because you're going to work a job and you're going to know whether you want to keep doing that or you're going to change yeah and, and i'm not against college for people that know what they want to do like oh, yeah. hey i want to be a doctor you know, shit you better pony up some money because that's going to take you a lot of time and a lot of money but if that's what you know you want to do hell yeah chase yeah. that dream do it but i don't see the point of going to there's so many so many freaking people to go to school for gen eds or business or some shit like that and well i don't know if that's really one i had a buddy that he's paying this was several years ago he told me he was paying 800 dollars a month for his student loans and he's not even doing what he wanted what he went to school to do all the time it happens what the fuck man like you're just putting a massive chopping your freaking leg off and starting life with a crutch yeah most of these people that have huge student loans they're not getting them paid off till they're like 40 
right? Oh. I've I've heard a lot of that. Like statistic wise, is an average person doesn't pay off their student loans till like late thirties, early forties. Yeah, I paid mine off probably I don't know now four or five years ago, and it was just a small amount, but I was just paying the bare minimum. You know, it was stupid. Yeah, I should have been paying a lot more, but back then I didn't worry about finances so much. But it was never real difficult for me. But yeah, I just don't understand starting off life with with that crazy amount of of uh, money. And of course, I'm sure you've heard about the whole student loan forgiveness. Yeah. Did you hear? <laughs> did you hear the other day they quietly put out this other thing, and they're like, "Oh, so by the way, um, if you have a loan through a private bank, um, we can't forgive yours. That's no good. So, like, there's that's going to affect three quarter of a million people, and that initially told." they were told that they were going to get $10,000 in loans forgiven. Yeah. But now they're like, oh, yeah, we're just kidding. Like, that's not actually happening. You imagine how, like, there's going to be so many pissed off people over this entire deal. Oh, yeah. Because, like, you, me, Box, paying off our student loans, doing what we're supposed to fucking do, and now we're on the hook for somebody else's. But that's just, that's the mentality. Um, Like, it's not my fault. I'm not going to take responsibility for it. And the people somebody that else are like, it totally up for this and stuff and they're like arguments i've seen like on facebook and social media it's sad like uh -huh. you know they just argue that they're relieving stress off people like that's their own stress like yeah why are we taking that now yeah absolutely it's sad and the biggest thing too is like uh we're not big biden fans on this podcast he said the other day like he's we're doing this to re give some people relief after the pandemic and everything bro Nobody's been making student loan payments for over two years. Yeah. Like there is no, you're not relieving anybody. Nobody's had to pay this shit. Yeah, like, if they are. That's their own choice. Yeah, absolutely. And and I actually I was proud of my girlfriend because she was she has been paying on these um, since the whole you know since it all started. And so it's damn right, good for you. You know, just because it's not like they're gonna go away. You're still gonna they're still gonna be there. They're gonna follow. Yeah, absolutely. But one thing I think is funny is. They're more than happy to throw out a hundred thousand dollar loan to an eighteen year old kid to go to college for something that he uh -huh. may not even be doing in four years. But if that same kid goes and tries to apply for a business loan or something at eighteen, they're gonna, be, nah, we're we're not interested in that. That see, makes no sense. See, and I tried doing that too. Like, I just wanted to see what my personal bank would give me for like a small business loan. Yeah, because I asked for one just to see like what they'd give me, mm -hmm. and like. I, it was like a stupid number, like $2,000. And they said, no, we can't give you that. And I said, why? I was like, I've banked with you guys since I was 16. Like, I have credit. Like, my credit score is over 700. Yeah. And they're like, well, we can't do that. You have to have two years of books. And you'd have to have a co-signer and all this other stuff. And I'm like, to get $2,000? But on the other side of that, if I could go get a personal loan, I could get a personal loan for $2,000. That's, but not a business loan. That doesn't make any sense. So they don't want to, like, banks don't want to help grow businesses, which I don't understand that either because you make, you know, that connection with a bank with your business, like, it's going to stay there. What's, oh, yeah. What's the difference in interest rates on a personal loan and a business loan, I it, wonder? It's quite a bit higher. It was, like, four times the amount. Like, for, it's higher for personal or for business? For business. Because they told me that I could get it, but I'd have to have a cosigner. Yeah. Which I don't obviously need because I know what my credit score is. And on top of that, it was going to be like 
14% or 15% mm-hmm. versus a personal loan was going to be like 3%. Hmm. It's, it's fucking insane. Like yeah. I honestly, like, I don't think most of the people that are involved in this realize it, but it's, it is just a big freaking scheme, man. Cause they're giving out loans and they're basically hooking you in for life. They're making, they're making a bunch of money off you. And, but and like you said, they won't give somebody a business loan. You but there's know? no guarantee with a kid going to college that they're going to make all that money. But there's also no guarantee that my business is going to make money either. Right. So what's the difference? What's exactly? Yeah, yeah. It doesn't make any sense to me. But it's just, you know, like you were saying, that's they're they're glorifying the whole going to college and spending a ton of money and and taking out a massive. You know, you get out of college and you celebrate by going and buying a freaking car and putting that you know get another massive loan i was talking to a buddy a while back looks like you know doing great couple couple nice ass cars brand new cars uh living in a fantastic house and then he made the comment man money's tight i'm like bro what the fuck are you doing like why 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 are you putting on a show then like if money's tight get rid of the stupid fucking car loans buy a shitty car and put some money away so money's not tight. Yeah. You know, but people don't think that way because that's not the American way. That's not what you're supposed to be doing. You're supposed to be looking like you're, you know, a badass and doing, you know, great. You see that all the time, though, with people being house broke, though. Like, that's sad. What do you mean house broke? Where they buy a really nice house. Oh. They don't piss in their house anymore. (laughs) (laughs) That's. I mean, I got a dog, so that's, yeah, what I thought. Yeah, they they spend all this money on a house and they don't drive very nice cars, which, I mean, everyone's got their own deal. You don't need a nice car, but right. you hear them complain about, you know, either payments on a house or they can't go out to eat or all this other stuff, mm-hmm. which is sad. Like, you shouldn't be house broke and be stuck. No. I work, we're pretty spoiled, actually, around where we live because, I mean, I've, I paid like 65 or something for my house like six, seven years ago. Yeah. And that exact house, like if you went to Sioux City and bought it, it would have been like one fifty, two hundred. Yeah. Probably now a quarter of a million dollars, and it's it's not a fucking it's not that great of a house, you know. Yeah. But it's nice because around here, like you pay so much less than. Oh yeah, like between like my shop and my house, like my shop in Sioux City would probably be like fourteen, fifteen hundred bucks a month. Right. It's freaking insane. Yeah. Yeah. But. Yeah, I don't know, man. Like I, I, I'm, I mentioned earlier, like I used to be that way working the nine to five, and then you get on the other side of it, and you see what the other side of it to the the business owning a business is like, and it's just, I will, I could never go back, man. I could never. There's no way. Like once I see, once I see, I say it's freedom, but I mean. It's not really freedom. It's a different type of freedom. Right. I'm working, I guess, yeah, you're right. It is now, but I'm working towards that. I have a goal of, I want, where I want the business to be that would be, you know, yeah, would be freedom, I guess. And at the end of the day, I get to lock up the door and realize that I'm building something for myself. So, yep. That's pretty freaking awesome. The freedom thing. I think it's, it's more mentally free. Yeah. Than anything. That's a good point. Mentally freeing. That's a very good point. Yeah. I guess that's very true. Um, Vox, you got anything to add before we close up the show? No, I don't. Uh Well, two words. Made in America. (laughs) (laughs) I saw that the other day. I was like, oh, my. And he said it like he repeated it a couple of times. It's like, dude, 
did your handlers not tell you? Did you you know what we're talking about? <laughs> Old Biden the other yeah. a couple, that's the other day. He's like, I got two words for you. Made in America. (laughs) This is like a fucking Saturday Night Live skit, man. You could not, you could not script it better than that. I love it. I absolutely freaking love it. (laughs) Made in America. All right. Well, Blair, uh, you got anything to add before we close out the show? Anything else you want to say? I don't think so. Well, thanks for being on, man. It was a good show. I really enjoyed it. Absolutely. It was a, it was a good one. Um, guys, thanks for making it this far. We appreciate you. Uh, make sure you check out our sponsors, Ballistic Imagery at BallisticImagery.com, as well as Shyworks, Shyworks.com. They're both on Facebook as well. Check them out. Also, Blair, where can they where can they find your business at? Um, I'm on Facebook and also Google. So Morgan Detailing. So go and go and check him out. He's in Kingsley, Iowa, and does awesome work. I will vouch for him. I he's uh, done several things on my truck actually. So very happy with him. So thanks for being on, man. Yeah, thank you. Guys, uh, make sure you're checking us out on major podcast providers for all the rest of the shows, all our past episodes. You can check them out. Also, you can join us live every other Wednesday night at 830 Central Standard Time on our Facebook, YouTube, and website, lifeshortlivefree.com. And um, if you like what we do, if you want to support the show, you can check out our subscribe star at lifeshortlivefree. And you can contribute to the podcast for less than a cup of coffee. And we'll we'll give you some some perks for it. So go and check that out. And um, yeah, box. Am I missing anything? I think that's nope. I think that's it. Thanks for sticking around, guys. We appreciate you. Until we talk to you next time. Remember, life short, live free. God bless. God bless the United States of America. Defund the ATF. Repeal the NFA. <laughs> <laughs>